Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, grab your Bibles. If you don't have one, the ushers can uh, give you one. We're in Exodus. Easy to find. Second book in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. Obviously, traveling because, well, I don't see a lot of people, so I think a lot of people are traveling. So I just got to warn you guys ahead of time. I had one of those moments this morning. I think the worst in my entire life, so I had to ask people that were older than me, and uh, they were hard to find at this church, but I asked, um, when you get older, do you have like that crank in your neck like even worse? And then uh, one guy just said, you know what, I- I'm, I'm just lucky I'm walking right now. So I guess it does get worse. So if this is the kind of pain that takes my breath away, so if you see me, oh, that's not the Holy Spirit coming over me probably, it's probably just the pain. So just want to give you the update if I'm grimacing or it looks like I'm thinking, I'm really not, I'm just a crybaby. So I have never... Um, in all the times that I've spoke, spoke on Thanksgiving, meaning giving thanks. Uh, Not when I was doing youth ministry, not when I was doing college ministry, not when I was pastoring, not when I was speaking at colleges, universities, wherever I've spoken, I've never on the day of Thanksgiving or that week said, you know what, let's talk about Thanksgiving, just like Labor Day. I don't go, oh, let's come up with a great mother's, you know, great Labor Day message or Typically on Father's Day or Mother's Day, we don't do a message on that because when we come, we just want to focus on God's word and where we're at and not adjust all the time. But I'm here to admit to you that I'm a, a student. I'm not an idiot. It's time to grow. And so I'm going to teach on giving thanks this morning because it only makes sense. I could get stuck in my ways. We never do this. That doesn't make any sense, especially after the past eight weeks, what we've talked about. Seeing what God has done, how can you not stop and think of the idea of giving thanks? And it makes perfect sense now because in a season that is set up to be on appreciation, to focus on appreciating, there there is this wave of accumulation. This is what I mean. I don't know who you people are, but whoever's delivering these things to my house these sales things, these things that say, ooh, look what you could get. you got to stop. Because these things arrive. This is just one of the many. This is anthropology. Men, uh, if you don't know what this is, and you want to stay married, you need to find out what this is. But the problem with this thing is it arrives. And I could say, you know, Steph circles things, but now it's at the point where I'm circling. I'm like, ooh, that would be a great gift for her. Oh, I should do that. Oh, look at that. That's, we could do this. Ooh, look at that beanie. She'd be so happy with me. And I circle the things. And then I see the price. I go, okay, well, that was nice. And then I have to put it away. But then there's all these other brochures and things that arrive, and I want to circle them. My kids want to circle. This is what I want. This is what I need. This would be great. And you're thinking, oh, I never checked the mail. Oh, yeah. Well, now it's sent to us digitally. 
So I got this one right here telling me that I could, um, didn't even know about this, but then I saw it, and it actually sounded cool. A pizza socks box with four sets of socks in a pizza delivery box. And you hear that at first, you're like, oh, that's dumb, and then you see the picture. And um, this may seem goofy when you say it, but as soon as I say it, then you're like, that would be pretty cool. A pickle of the month club. Think about it. All different kinds of pickles that would arrive that you could test out. Yeah, I laughed at first, and then I thought, no, that sounds pretty cool. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Cookbook Pizza Box. And I thought, that's so goofy. I'm like, and then I realized, oh, it's filled with 65 pizza recipes. I love pizza. And I can just scroll through this thing, and it has all these beautiful things. It has a hat that you guys can get me for Christmas. It's just a hat that says tacos. I didn't know I needed this stuff. It was Thanksgiving time, this time of appreciation when I realized, you know what, I don't have time to appreciate because I've got to accumulate. I've got this hunger that's developing inside of me. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. But this is not a time for guilt. I should be more thankful. I, this is difficult. This is not hardwired into us. This has been here since the beginning of time. This isn't a Southern California thing. This isn't an Orange County thing, a California, a United States. It's a world thing. And it's not just a 21st century thing with humans to want more, to need more, that nothing is quite enough. And during a time when we should be appreciative, when we should live a life of gratefulness, for some reason we always just have this need, this burning desire to accumulate. This is not new. This is normal. So open up your Bibles with me, if you could, to Exodus chapter 16. And as many of you know, I didn't grow up in the church, um, so there's all of these stories that are shared when you're in elementary school or even junior high where you focus on, oh, look at Ash just going, you know, Bibles need to be passed. And only this side gets them. Sorry, guys, you get nothing. There's nobody like Esh on this side. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you guys already got Bibles on this side? Oh, Esh, what took you so long on this side, dude? Over here, they're crushing it. Okay. Anyways, back to Exodus 16. So there was all these stories that are being shared in elementary school with your kids in the Old Testament, these amazing, beautiful stories of history. And yet... I didn't have those. So a lot of those kids up there can smoke me in Old Testament Bible trivia, including my own children. But this story, this is one that grabbed me. It's always kind of grabbed my heart because of the, the hunger inside of people that even gifts never seem to be enough. So here we are. Take a look here. It says that in the desert, this is right after the people of Israel, the, the people, meaning the tribe of Israel, there was no country at the time, but the people of Israel were um, set free from Egypt. And so they're in the wilderness, and while they're in this wilderness, in this desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Because why? Because they're hungry. They're wandering around in the desert and they're hungry and they're remembering how it used to be. They said there, back where we came from, is this switching or is that a big black screen? It is? Why is it not?
out, does it say there we sat around pots? Oh, good, it works. So there, while we were in Egypt, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. I'm pretty sure that's not the way it really was, but that's not what your memory does. Remember how it used to be. So here they talk about how you, Moses, brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Moses set them free. God used Moses to set them free, and now they're like, oh, look what you've done to us. And now it's just spun around. Then it says here in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Now sometimes we use translations so that it would make more sense, and you'll hear a phrase like, let it rain down, and you're like, oh, that's one of those new hip translations. This is the old school NIV. The Lord said to Moses, I will make it rain, and it will be bread from heaven that comes down, and the people are to go out each day and gather enough for just that day. Now, here's the hip translation. Farther down, verse 32, Moses said, this is God's command. Keep a two-quart jar of it, or what they would call an omer, for future generations bread that I fed you in the wilderness after I brought you out of Egypt. Which means, take this, and I don't know how it was supposed to last, but take this, store it, and keep it, so that in future generations they can look back and see what I have done for the people of Israel. Why would God say this? So that they can remember him? So it makes him feel good? No, it's so that the people of God would be grateful, that they would be thankful, that they would be able to look back and see what God has done for us. Because gratefulness is something that changes you inside. When you are thankful to God, when you are thankful even to others, something goes on inside of you. Even when you don't necessarily feel like doing it. We had Thanksgiving, uh, Friendsgiving at our house, and we have a large group of kids uh, they've gotten older now, and then, of course, the adults, the kids completely outnumber us. And we got the adults together, and for Friendsgiving, we decided to say what we're grateful for to the kids. So we would go around with each kid, all of them, and there's a lot, like I said, 17 of them, went around to each kid, and everyone but their parents, adult-wise, can say something to them. And in those moments, you would see the adults begin to share. As they were sharing, as much as the kids were getting joy from being encouraged, something happened with the adults. As they were giving these words of encouragement, these words of thanks to these children, something was happening to the adults. Because that's what's hardwired into us when we are thankful, when we give gratitude. Something happens to us when we do it to others, and especially when we step back do it to God. And so God is commanding his people to do this for their sake. Remember, God's commandments are there for us, for our benefit. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. God said to love him because we need to do that for our benefit. And love is not a feeling. That's not what God is referring to when he says love. It's an action. It's a verb. So in action, love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind. How, how, do you, how do you do that? By remembering what God has done for you. But, and this is why I always remember this story, 
Numbers says that after a while, after, I mean, they, they got to wake up every morning and pick up bread off the ground and eat it. Let that sink in for a second. You know why energy bars, those little fruit bars, and all those were originally created? Because, oh, if you're out and about, you need something to eat. Here it is, ready to go. Except that's not what they're around for anymore. That's not why we have them all over our house. It's because we're too lazy to open up the fridge and actually create something. This in my house, if we had bread just falling from heaven and landing there so that my children could just grab it and not have to prepare anything, it would be game on. It would be, in fact, we have a trick we do in our house. If we get sparkling water, and we put it in the fridge or any kind of drink like that in the fridge, gone in a heartbeat. You know what we do? Well, I do. I take it, go over to the pantry, and I open it, and I put it all the way down on the bottom, and I close it, and they never touch it. Because it's so far away, and you got to reach down. And yet, the people here have manna falling from heaven, and that's in the morning. At night, they got quail. So the quail just come out, all right, take us, we're ready, grill us, barbecue us, boil us, whatever, here we are. The food is coming to you. It's coming out of the pantry, it's coming out of the fridge, it's coming onto the table. Hello, here I am. Such a gift. And yet, in Numbers we see that they began, it calls them the rabble. That's another way, uh, again, in group of people that complain. In case you're, un- in case you're wondering what a rabble is. Ever call a group a rabble, that's what it is. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If we only had meat to eat, they get it in the night, but they want it in the morning now. Oh, I really want some bacon. Why don't I have bacon? Of course, they would never say that because they're Jewish. And it goes on here. I love the way it says here, We remember the fish. We ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Can't you relate though? Like this isn't to make fun of them. It's not to make us feel guilty. But this is what happens inside of us. Something clicks where we're like, oh. Where's the paprika? Where's the chipotle? Where's the tapatio? Like, it's just not enough for me. I need more. I mean, my, my closet is filled with clothes, but, oh, look at that flannel shirt that Patagonia has. That thing is amazing. I got to have that. I have hats all over the place. Oh, look at that hat. It says taco. That would be so, it's, and it's not just mention. There's always this sense in us that there is never enough. There's never enough out there, and we're never enough. We wake up in the morning, and as soon as we wake up with our crick neck, we say, oh, I didn't get enough sleep, right? And then you think about what you have to do today. Oh, I don't have enough time. And then we have our cup of coffee. We're racing to go out. I don't have enough coffee. It's, ah. Oh, then we're moving through the day. I don't have enough hair. I don't have enough fitness. 
I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough time. I don't look enough. I don't think enough. I'm not enough for my wife. I'm not enough for my husband. I'm not enough for my kids. There isn't enough. And then we look around at everyone else, and because we don't feel enough, we go, you're not enough. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? There's never enough. We're not grateful for what we have. Again, I want to emphasize that what we're trying to do here is just realize the state of humanity, of us, our humanity. This is normal. But we weren't meant to stay in this. There's some I love to read. I love to hear her speak. And uh, her name is Brene Brown. And she is a professor at the University of Houston. She's a research professor. So her focus is guilt and shame and courage and fear. And so she does all of these studies on that, empirical studies. And she came to this conclusion recently that, that she didn't expect in terms of being thankful. Have you ever heard that phrase, um, an attitude of gratitude? And so then you heard sermons on that. You need to have this attitude of gratitude. Well, attitude is, is a perspective. It's a, a way of looking at things. And you can be born with a certain kind of attitude. For example, the people that when you see them and you say, hey, Mike, hey, Steph, and they turn around and they're like, hi, and they smile right away when they look at you. You're like, what is the deal with that? Because you don't do that? It's like it's, it's an attitude they have hardwired into them. However, gratitude and thankfulness is not an attitude. From her empirical research, she's found you can have moments of that, almost like a twinkling light. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. But there's no one that just has it on. So when we talk about giving thanks and having this gratitude, do not have this expectation that you will ever reach a position where you're always thankful for the manna, where you're always for what you have, because in you there's going to be this hunger. And so what we need to do is to have a, a practice of thankfulness. You need to develop it. You need to cultivate it. It's not just going to be there. We develop it. Now, we all think in our minds, or we want to have this gratefulness, this appreciation for what we already have. But that doesn't mean it's just going to happen. For example, many of you, many of us, myself included, have these moments where we say, you know what, I'm going to get in shape. And you have all your different ways of approaching. Some of you go out and you buy the full outfits to go running. That used to be the real big thing to do. Some of you go, I'm going to start doing CrossFit. I'm getting a membership. So you just get the membership and you get the fancy shoes because the shoes you had, they're not good enough. But if you get those shoes, that's going to push you to be a CrossFit person. Or perhaps I'm going to take up tennis. So you go and you get the tennis racket. You get the, the, the tennis shorts because your normal shorts won't work. And you need a special tennis shirt, not just a normal T-shirt. Of course, you have to have the special tennis hats. We get all the gear. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe your thing's yoga. I'm going to go do this. You buy all the yoga pants. Even if you're a dude, yeah, I guess you're supposed to get yoga pants. So you have, but nothing's going to happen if you don't walk outside and start having the verb. If you're in action, taking those yoga pants and putting them on the yoga mat. Or taking that membership and actually showing up. It's part of human nature for us 
to want to do it. It's a desire, but it needs to be turned into a practice. And so as we look at this idea this morning, if you leave with anything about, well, what are we talking about? Something about thankfulness and gratefulness. This needs to be developed in us. And the only way it's going to be developed in us is if we practice it, if we cultivate it, if we learn ways to make this happen. And I have a, a passage that I want us to look at when we close. But before that, I want you to think differently. I want you to think this way in terms of cultivating this. The tools are all around you. You just don't know how to do it yet, so you've got to cultivate it. So we, are, we have a tradition where we go up to Mammoth. And when we go up there, it's usually cold. And there's trees everywhere. Everywhere there's trees. I mean, for miles around, empty, wherever. In fact, those trees are dropping seeds that are producing, there's trees everywhere. But a single person in Mammoth hires someone to bring wood to their house so that they can then warm up their house. They have property with wood everywhere, but they don't have the tools, they don't have the experience, they haven't cultivated the knowledge of how to cut the trees on their own property, cut them down, and use them. It's all there. All the resources they need are there, but they don't know how to do it, so they hire someone else to do it for them instead of developing that ability, that skill. In fact, we talk about it every single year. We're not going to buy a Christmas tree this year. We're not going to do it. And I try to throw out the fake tree idea, and the entire family shoots it down. And so we say, you know what we're going to do? When we go up to Mammoth this year, we're going to go cut down our own Christmas tree. They have places where you can go, and, and we never end up doing it. We have not developed, cultivated that skill. It's really not that hard. But you have to stop and make it a priority. When it comes to thankfulness and gratitude, we have to develop that skill set. Now, I could give you a whole list of ways to do this. But I want to start very simple for us. I want you to think about this brochure. Okay? And instead of us getting these brochures or waking up in the morning and thinking of how we don't have enough and what we need, what if, and we have a lot of them here, professional photographers, what if we took the professional photographers that were here and we sent them to your house, to your life, to take pictures of all the beautiful things you have in your life, not just your stuff, but your relationships, to take a picture of your health, to take a picture of the food that you're provided every day that God provides for you, for the time that he has given you, for the breath in your lungs, for your ability to see for your ability to hear. Took a picture of your family, your friends, even the ones you don't like. Took a picture of all of them. And then we put them in a nice, glossy brochure. We got all of our graphic designers, and they had one for your life, and they handed it to you. And they have this beautiful little thing, and they go, here you go, and this is your life. Now, if you were to open it, I would want you to take the time to circle the things that you're especially grateful for. Imagine that. Imagine if we developed that habit through a journal, through writing on our phone, through taking notes, but actually action, not just thinking about it, but actually doing it. Like I talk about this brochure, which by the way is never going to be created. I'm not doing that. I hope you didn't get that impression that I was going to go and do this for you. 
I would like to. I don't know how to. Can't do it. You can do it for yourself. What if you were to take the time and just circle the things in your life, not just in your mind, but in your actions that you're grateful for, that you realize that God has given you? Of course you're going to think of the things you don't have. But gratitude is something that's a practice. It's a, to give thanks is something you develop. And developing means to take time to have action, to actually make it happen. We're going to look here at this passage. Because this passage we would normally look at and miss a lot that's in there. It's Psalm 104. Matt, i got to check. Is it up there? Beautiful. So you see all these words of thanksgiving, praise, give thanks, praise. In Hebrew, there are 11 words for praise. And in those 11 words, there's always action. In this passage are four, only four of those words, and they have action in them. In English, the word Thank you comes originally from the word think. And so when you would say thank you, this is what it means. It means I will remember what you've done for me. Isn't that cool? Thank you means I will remember what you've done for me. James says that all good gifts come from heaven above. So in the brochure of your life, with all of the beauty that's in there that's already been given to us, we can be active in circling them. These four words mean different things. I'm not going to give you the actual Hebrew words because that won't really do much for you. But I want to tell you what each of these words mean. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And we think, okay, I'm just going to enter in and feel thankful. What that word is means to enter with a choir. That's a word that they have a word for praise that includes the activeness of having a choir. For us, in our times, we mean by having a band. You have, when you come into God's courts, come with the band. It changes it, doesn't it? Then the next word, and enter his courts with praise. That word tehillah means to sing, which means words actually come out of your mouth. There's an action there. It's not just talking about it. It's much like in a worship service. We can have a worship service with the music playing, but it doesn't mean we're participating. It's happening around us, but are we participating in it? Give thanks. That word is yada. It means to extend your hand. You see, it doesn't mean that you use all 11 of these, all giving thanks, but why would they have these 11 words that all have action connected to them? Because we need to practice that. We need our body. We need our, there need to be movement of our thanks for our souls. And the last word here, give thanks to him and praise his name. And that word, praise his name, that original word means to bow. So I was talking to someone and um, they were visiting our church and they said, so, uh, your church is pretty much like every other church. People just don't want to worship. And it's because we don't know what it is. To worship is to praise. To praise is to give thanks. It's the same thing. And so when we gather together to give thanks, what we're doing is pausing to remember what God has already put into our brochure. And we're circling it, and we're being active in trying to give thanks to God.
we were designed to do this, but it's not hardwired into us. We need to develop it. We need to practice it. This isn't a one-time-a-year thing we do. God was not the one that instituted in November for us to have Thanksgiving. We're not going to get into history of that, but this is such a good time of the year for us to stop and say, Am I de- do I have that developed habit? Do I have my thankfulness pants? Am I using them? I know I got them, but am I using them? Do I have my thankful shoes? Do I have my thankfulness voice? Am I using it to let God know that I'm appreciative for what he has done? Because I know that I'm going to have that voice, that craving in me that says there's not enough, and I'm going to have this tendency to look and see what I don't have. But as I'm developing this practice to see what I do have, God, show me how to be active with this. So this is the question for us that I'm closing with. After taking pictures of your life, and that's what we're going to do during this worship time, is thinking of what God has given you, what he's given us. As we look at these things, what would you circle first? And let that then translate into you participating and being active in thanking to what do what thank you means, to remember what has been done for us. So when the worship team comes up, that's what they're doing. They're leading us in giving praise, into giving worship, to giving thanks. So if you are able, um, stand. If it's easier for you to give thanks sitting, um, then maybe you stand up and sit down so you're being active in your sitting. But let us let the band lead us, but especially remember where we're directing our thanks to. So I'll lead us in prayers that are coming up. Father, all good gifts come from you. Lord, our our brochure is not a brochure, but a book. As a community, move us to develop this habit, to practice, to cultivate it, to, to push each other, to step back, to not let the hurriedness of life crazy pace of where we live to get in the way of us pausing to see that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. That you loved us so much that you gave your son. That you had put breath into our lungs. That you've given most of us sight. Most of us can hear. You've given most of us the ability to walk. But Lord, we all have gifts. Show us how to circle those. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, you are holy and you are worthy of all of our praise, God. We thank you for meeting us here this morning, for filling this place with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We give honor to you. We give honor to you, Lord, this morning, in Jesus' name. My name's John Eshelman, and because the lights don't work up here, uh, I was thinking of what to say and how to respond to this. One is that I really hope someone uh, anonymously makes that tacos hat appear uh, on Vogue's head somehow. would really bring me joy to see him wear it. Uh, I, about two years ago, I received a gift of a brand new surfboard, and I'm a surfer, so that was a really huge gift, and 
when I when I got it, it was it's so beautiful, <laughs> and I I've been writing it and using it, you know, almost uh, weekly since I received it. But there was nothing attached to it in terms of like unwritten thank you cards to all the people that had made it happen, my dear friends that had pulled together to give me this gift. Uh, I think we often receive gifts sometimes feeling like, well, now I now I owe you. You know, it's like we're coming up on the Christmas season, right? And you're just hoping that you don't get too many gifts because you know that, you know, one comes in the mail and you're like, oh, thanks. Now I got to go get you a gift, right? Uh, and I've been thinking about that. How many of us can receive a gift without feeling like we have to give something back? Uh, I'd like that. Has God given us all these gifts and is kind of up there just, you know, when are you going to say thanks? And uh, it's been a while since my daughter has gone around my house and, and, you know, lit up at the couch and said, this couch, Dad. I didn't do anything to earn this. I didn't work a day, and yet I sit on it all the time. Thank you. And these walls, <laughs> this, this drywall, I didn't do anything to earn it, and yet thank you. Wow. And I didn't even, the wood floors, Dad. You get where I'm going with this. I don't have that expectation of my daughter. I mean, it would be a, quite a day if that was, <laughs> if that's what it was, right? And yet, oh, to live like that. It's not, it's not, thank you, God, now I owe you one. It's, it's thank you, Lord. I, di- I didn't even see that this was mine. I didn't even know that I had this. If you don't see it as a gift, then you don't fully get to appreciate it as something that came to you without you earning it, and that there's no debt to be paid, that you just get to receive. It brings to mind that story of the two sons, the one that we would call the prodigal that went and wasted his inheritance, and then the one that stayed home with his dad and wasted it there. Because the son, at the end of that parable, stays outside of the party, and the words that Jesus puts on the father's mouth are, you've always been with me, and everything I have belongs to you, is yours. You just chose not to do anything with it. Now, you didn't ask for an autonomic nervous system, but you have it. You didn't ask for your skin cells to be regenerating while I'm talking, but that's happening. The poet laureate Annie Dillard says, The world is full of unwrapped gifts and free surprises. She compares it to hiding pennies, actually, when she was a kid, and she would write free money this way, free gift, and she would hide and watch people as they found, like, pennies. And she says, The world is fairly studded and strewn with pennies cast broadside from a generous hand. Oh, that we could just see that it's all, it all belongs to us. Like the, the Apostle Paul says, having nothing yet possessing everything. So you get to leave here today and you can say thank you for all these things because it truly does belong to you. For your ocular nerves, for everything that you get to it without thought of repayment. One scholar says, nothing could be stolen from him because he considered nothing his own. 
would that be like in this culture? To be so grateful that it all belongs to you already, and yet, it's not yours. <laughs> Isn't that, it's so strange. It's this upside-down way of the kingdom of God. But as you sit around your tables this Thanksgiving, just go as deep as you can into all the ways that you have received that, again, the words of the Father to you are, you have always been with me, and everything I have is yours. Amen? Amen. All right. Pick up your kids. Help us clean up. Let there be light.